Travelers. I'm Josh. And I'm Kahi. And we're the, the Genshin, Genshin Guys. Welcome all. This podcast is for fans of Genshin Impact, the mobile game made by Hoyoverse, formerly known as MiHoYo. Here we talk about our opinions, experiences, and dreams about Genshin Impact. If you like our show, don't forget to subscribe on Apple Music, Spotify, or wherever you're listening to the podcast. So, Kahi, before we get started, how are you doing today? Uh, recovering from a slight power outage, as you may know. Um, looks like everything is fine, but yeah, there was just some maintenance that was up the road, or down the road, I guess. Um, yeah, and there was a downed pole, so they put it back up, and it was just, you know, a couple of hours of no power, which wasn't that bad. Everything had that I was using had battery. Yeah, we almost, so like, didn't get to really record today's episode, huh? Yeah, it was almost a no-go. But other than that, everything's up and running, and it's still getting a little warmer, so I'm really starting to feel that summer weather. But it's, so far, so good. Um, everything I'm monitoring right now is fine. No no glitches on my computer, none of my equipment's down. But what about you, Josh? How's your equipment? Uh, how's your computer running? So you're going to ask about my computer before me. Okay, I got it. Just making sure. So, <laughs> Well, naturally, it will, it will come along in the conversation. Of oh, course. yes, of course. It's implied. So I've been kind of on a voice actor kick lately, and I've been trying to do some different things. I can hear practice. it. <laughs> oh, you can hear it? Thanks. Yeah, so I just thought it'd be really interesting if I used a little bit of that talent and my voice to be able to bring some entertainment to today's episode. But, um, but yeah, I've actually just been really having a great time uh, trying different things, being able to practice my voice, not only in different podcasts, but also narration, different character voices, auditions, something that's been really great, and I've been really enjoying it a lot. So I'm looking forward to the future. Hopefully one day I'll be in Genshin, you know what I'm saying? And uh, yeah, we'll see how it goes. This is actually good practice because it helps you helps your voice to like remember like well, how much stress to put like what kind of like how to like move your jaw so so much like it, it's muscle memory yeah i so, mean yeah, it does uh it's, it's kind practice. of weird because kind of have to be someone else but most of the time but i'm actually just trying to be myself while using a different voice that isn't quite mine so we'll see how it goes all right so today we are doing our third interlude episode this episode will be pre-recorded ahead of time in order to get ahead of any downtime that Kahi and I might have in our schedules so that we can still make our weekly Monday release schedule. So we won't be able to bring you up-to-date news, our usual Our Weeks in Genshin segment, or the answers to our current community question. In terms of community question though, you'll have more time to answer, so hopefully it'll be a more lively discussion. As always, you can still reach out to us and follow us on our joint account on Twitter, at GenshinGuysPod, or our individual accounts, which will be in the description. We appreciate you all, and hope you enjoy the episode. Okay, so for today's episode, Kahi, what have we got? We have got a lore learn-along. Yes, it's been a while since we've had our last lore learn-along. And this time, we'll be focusing on the Cataclysm. Now, this of course means many, many things. We don't know everything about the Cataclysm, but we do know some things. And today, we're going to be talking about the Cataclysm and what we know happened in each nation according to the Genshin Impact Fandom Wiki. So, let's get ready and get started. Are you ready, Kahi? I'm ready. Are you ready? 
whoever yeah. new strange voice per- person is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. It's, I'm having a hard time getting used to this inflection because I'm <laughs> so used to like chill, chill person. Yeah. But this well, is like really bright. This like I mean, me I could be chill. Okay. So, how about we do this? Let's talk about oh, the cataclysm. Oh, nice and soft. There we go. Yeah. There we go. <laughs> Thanks, Kahi. Okay. So, because it's kind of sound weird, like if you're talking about the cataclysm that a lot of people died, and you're like, "Hey, so <laughs> I guess it like this." <laughs> yeah, exactly. A lot of people died. <laughs> that, that's why I choose to adopt this kind of voice instead. Okay. So, first things first, I'm gonna look at the cataclysm page on the wiki, and it reads, "The cataclysm, also referred to by a myriad of other descriptions, including the catastrophe, the disaster." the fall of Kainria, or the Ancient Kingdom, the Dark Calamity or the Calamity of Darkness, and the Pitch Black Calamity, refers to a period of widespread chaos and destruction which occurred 500 years ago. The conflicts surrounding the Cataclysm primarily revolve around the encroachment of the Abyss, an otherworldly power at odds with Celestia's power, and the destruction of Kainria, a nation that lived without the influence of the gods. While the exact order of events is unknown, monsters carrying abyssal power spewed forth from Kynria and wreaked havoc throughout Tevat. Kynria's attempt to rebel against the gods ended with its destruction at the hands of the gods and the heavenly principles. This led survivors from the fallen nation to bear grudges against Celestia and the Seven Archons, while the Seven themselves grew embittered towards Celestia. Two of the Tevat's chapter main antagonistic groups, the Abyss Order and the Fatui, were established as a direct response to Celestia's actions. Now, the exact circumstances surrounding the Cataclysm remain a mystery, but it is linked to the quote-unquote truth of this world. The Traveler's journey is to uncover said truth, during which they will learn more about the Cataclysm. So, this is just the tip of the iceberg when it comes to talking about the Cataclysm, and from now we will be tackling each nation in the wiki under its The Cataclysm from 500 Years Ago section, and we're going to be talking about the information that we have in there. Okay, Kahi, you ready? I'm going to start with Mondstadt. Is that all right? That's all right with me. Go right ahead. All right, The Cataclysm 500 Years Ago. Monsters from the Abyss invade the above-ground world of Tevat, causing widespread devastation. The people of Tevat attribute the creation of these monsters to a great sinner, Gold, also known as Albedo's master and mother, Rhindaughter. The kingdom of Kynria is destroyed by the heavenly principles, causing the fall of the Eclipse dynasty and the entire civilization. Kynria's destruction causes a devastating ripple effect. The Seven become involved in Kynria after the Abyss invasion of Tevat. During the Cataclysm, the Knights of Favonius, led by the current Grandmaster Arundelin and Rostam, go on an expedition to Kynria to fight the monsters. Rostam mentors a man known as the White Knight, possibly Roland, who loved justice above all else and fought against the monsters of Kynria. As he fought monsters, he came to be known as the Bloodstained Knight, and people started fearing him. He then ventures deep into Kynria and dies battling monsters. In the depths of the world, he learns about the origin of the monsters that destroyed Kynria and the ultimate injustice that turned the people of Kynria into monsters, therefore joining the Abyss Order. An alchemist from Kynria, Gold, or Rhindaughter, creates one of her masterpieces, Durin, 
she sends Durin and other creatures she created to the continent of Tevat to display their beauty. Upon reaching Mondstadt, however, Durin lays waste to the city. Although it is suggested that Durin was not conscious of his actions after reaching Tevat, until Dvalin fatally wounded him in their battle. At that time, there was no Lionfang Knight as Arandalin, then Grandmaster of the Knights of Favonius and Lion of the South, gave up fighting after his friend Rostam died during the expedition to Kynria. As a result, there was also no one strong enough to take on Durin. The people's cries for help are heard by the Animo Archon, who calls upon Dvalin. The two engage Durin in battle and eventually defeat him, but Dvalin ingests Durin's poisoned blood, corrupted by the Abyss's power, in the process. To recuperate, Dvalin takes refuge in Caribbean's tower in Old Mondstadt and falls into deep slumber. Durin's corpse falls over on Dragonspine, and the power inside Durin's blood seeps into the land, reviving the frost-bearing tree. Durin's blood appears to coagulate as Scarlet Quartz, due to the high concentrations of the mineral in Wormrest Valley, wherein Durin's heart still beats. Rosalind Krutska Lohfalter returns to Mondstadt and learns of Rostam's death. In her rage and despair, she uses the art of liquid flame she learned at Sumeru Academia to turn her body into that of living flame to avenge him, and becomes known as the Crimson Witch of Flames. Okay, so a lot of things to discuss there. Kahi, what's the first thing that like comes to your mind? Uh, the word, the name that kept coming up was Durin, but Durin was a dragon, correct? That it's, is correct. Yeah, Durin was was created by Gold or Rhin or Albedo's master, and you know, adopted mother Rhine daughter. So Rhine daughter, so basically it's Gold Rhine daughter. You could say like her full name, but Gold is more of like a title. Yeah, alchemist from Kainria, Gold Rhine daughter. So. That's yeah, her. Gold is kind of like a and nickname. And she made Durin. Yeah. I guess so. But, so, Durin was a dragon. Never, it was never, in this part actually, it was never referred to as being a human form. But then Rosalind, which is, you know, Senora, mm -hmm. learns of Rostam's death mm -hmm. because Durin killed him. Mm -hmm. And so because of okay i'm trying to find out like uh, the link here because yeah rostam, rostam died mad at her rostam died during the expedition to kainria oh hmm. okay so rosalind just went into like a rage but was it it wasn't she didn't really look at it as ryan daughter's fault like she was she didn't look at ryan daughter as the cause of her despair she just fell into despair right because I, yeah, so I don't think that she's going to have any kind of, like, grudge against her. Not that I'm thinking that she's going to come back or anything, but I still have a feeling she might <laughs> come back in some form. Um, well, uh, it turns yeah, out trying to find that Rostam's death if has there was nothing to do with gold, so I don't think no. that... Not directly, Senora at least. would have anything to do with it. Um, <clears throat> Rostam died during the expedition to Kainria, so it didn't happen in Mondstadt. Mm -hmm. But Durin attacked Mondstadt, mm, okay. which is what they were talking about. So I just read everything under the Wikipedia section. Even if they weren't technically connected, there's a bunch of bullet points, and I just read all of them. So, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. So it, I just because I read it okay. like that, they're not actually related. They're meant to be read in one thing like that. So, mm -hmm. yeah. So like major bullet points. Right, exactly. So 
basically, I, I don't think they're related, but you never know. <laughs> so, I think the biggest event that happened in Mondstadt during the Cataclysm was Durin's creation and, uh, I guess, defeat. Because Durin's heart still beats in Dragonspine with the, you know, Scarlet... Uh, Scarlet, what is it called? Quartz. Scarlet Quartz again. Yeah. Um, so that was the biggest thing to happen in Mondstadt. So the monsters are appearing from the abyss and they're going all over the place. Right. And uh, and Venti called upon Dvalin to fight Durin. Mm-hmm. And they won. But Dvalin right. got corrupted. And in all that time after the Cataclysm, until we meet Dvalin, he's been corrupted, slowly becoming more and more corrupted, as from what I understand. Does that make sense? Yeah. Just trying to see if there's any... I know this is like a bullet point section and not like an entire chrono- chronology of all the events hmm. that happened during this time. It's trying to focus on... Mondstadt. But I think the big right. takeaway is, you know, Durin's creation and Rosaline, Signora, and then just more ties to Albedo. So it's it still sucks that Albedo and the whole Dragon Spine event was a time gated event, and we can't experience that again. New players have no idea. Yeah, well, like, it sounds, I've been watching, it sounds um, like Signora was originally from Mondstadt. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and then was taken in by Piero. Piero, right, right. who is the jester, so the first Fatui Harbinger. Okay, so that's what happened in Mondstadt. Now, uh, uh, Josh, what is the biggest takeaway for you from what happened in Mondstadt during the Cataclysm? Well, I'd have to agree. According to this, basically, uh, basically, Ryan daughter, it seems unintentionally, but also we don't know. Um, that she created Durin and Durin wreaked havoc upon Mondstadt so I'm not exactly sure if that was intentional but it definitely caused the most damage and it's something that the people of Mondstadt are definitely not going to forget so and if you go to Dragonspine um, you can still find traces of Durin there as well as since we know through Albedo's story that Durin wasn't the only masterpiece or project that she made that has wreaked havoc on people before because we know about the primordial Albedo uh, who's, you know, a little different, the prototype one, right? And um, I think that it's important because Rhyndaughter is likely to become an important character in this in the story, in the main story, right next to Alice. And Alice and Reindarter are friends. So, yeah. So I guess it boils down to, hey, keep your eyes out for any mention of Reindarter or Gold or the Great Sinner. Exactly. We just had a event where some weird voice was like seeing, you know, talking in your head. Uh, and they called themselves a Sinner, but that was like a more of a male voice. So it might be someone very similar on the same line or the same level as Reindarter. So, yeah. That's the biggest takeaway from Mondstadt. Great. Uh, going into Liyue. So right, Liyue had a pretty, yeah, Liyue had some pretty interesting events that happened during the Cataclysm 500 years ago. And one of the biggest things that kind of spurred this, you know, lore learn along is because 
especially in Sumeru, we had so many mentions of, oh hey, this happened 500 years ago. Oh hey, by the way, 500 years ago, something happened over here. Um, apparently a lot of things happened all, all over the world 500 years ago. So we're just kind of taking a little bit of a tour around, around history. So in Liyue, in their cataclysm event, uh, the chasm and the Dunyu ruins are two known locations majorly impacted by the cataclysm. So the chasm is still mostly a part of Liyue because that's when it first appeared in that part of the map but it at this point it's kind of its own area just because of how many things that happened in it. But the Dunyu ruins are another thing that has been impacted by the cataclysm. So an iron meteorite impacted the, cha uh, the chasm and then monsters poured out of the chasm and in response Morax, which is Zhongli back then, sent the Myolith to defend and evacuate the miners. Um, an unnamed Yaksha, who had once abandoned their duty to defend Liwei, returned to fight alongside the, the Myolith. The Yaksha and the Myolith, who chose to lead the vanguard, ultimately perished in battle. Uh, the monster's threat was diverted by combined efforts of the Yaksha, who revealed to be a Boasatius, a mortal thaumaturge named Boyang, and the Myolith Vanguard. They contrived a stratagem to trap and seal the beasts in the depths of the chasm by using the Fantastic Compass, a catalyst which had the power to manipulate space. The, in the critical moments of the fight, Bosatius, Boyang, and the Myolith Vanguard ultimately sacrificed themselves by sealing themselves along with the beasts because the compass needed constant energy flow from a mortal and an adeptus to operate. They were Oh, there were very few survivors in the conflict of the chasm. One such person uh, was Rong Zhao, Boyang's brother. But he went insane when returned to his family. Another figure was the Myolith, who lost all four limbs when rescuing the miners and fending off the monsters. But later, he taught himself to become a famed doctor. I'm going to say that one more time. Another figure was a Myolith who lost all four limbs when rescuing the miners and fending off the monsters. But later he taught himself to become a famed doctor. He set up the memorial of the fellow Myolith comrades after he received a vision. What occurred in Dunyu ruins is unknown, but its people decided to abandon the city and move to Liyue Harbor. None of the refugees nor adepti have spoken about what happened there. The emerging abyssal influence was said to be the reason people abandoned Dunyu ruins, and it became a ruin. Dunyu ruins may be the byproduct of the main conflict in the chasm due to the fact that Bosatius commanded the Myolith force to hold the lion at 60 miles outside the chasm at all costs, which can mean the nearest location, Dunyu ruins, was also affected by the chasm's waves of monsters as well. So... Okay, I think it's Millilith. Places. <laughs> Millilith? Millilith? Yeah, but it's okay. Is it Millilith? Oh, yeah, I guess two two L's. I ca I always call it Mylith because it's easier. <laughs> it is easier. Uh, right. But Millilith. It could be Millilith. Okay. So, um, two big two big things that impacted Liyue from the Cataclysm is the creation of the Chasm and Dunyu Ruins. But, uh, Josh, what's something that stood out to you in this? Anything that, you know, reminded you of something? Well, uh, one of my favorite theories is that that other figure who was a Millilith who lost all four limbs when rescuing miners and fending off monsters and later taught himself to become a famed doctor set up and like later got a vision, there is a theory that that is Baiju. And I think that's a really interesting theory 
that still, even after doing Baiju's story, doesn't sound like him. But, you know, that was the rumor. But uh, I'm curious... Yeah, it was never who... implied that he had fake limbs. Right. So I'm really curious if we ever meet this character or if that's really just a random story that they wanted to include in the chasm. So that really sticks out to me as uh, something they went out of their way to make a whole little quest for and then didn't really explain. But we tend to meet most vision users in this game, so I'm really curious if we'll ever meet them. Well, typically, uh, anyone who has a vision is either a playable character or very important to the story. However, when we went to Inazuma, that was when we did meet some vision holders, but they had like the body types of NPCs. Right. So I'll, although they're very important, I mean, they don't necessarily have to be playable or they may only have a very certain relevance to like a side quest or a world quest and mm. never to be seen again. So this might just be another one of those characters that, yes, it's important. They did have a vision and it's important that they had a vision because that's how they they did something with it that affected the that affected history. But they weren't they weren't names. They have a very unique, you know, description, as you can see. But I don't know if we're going to meet them because I still I still have a theory that we're going to be playing through a some sort of time skip 500 years ago and we're going to meet some of these people. Yeah, I mean, maybe. there's no there's no reason to build up so much only to not deliver. Well, that would mean That's, that I mean, we end Genshin up does a really right? good job of it. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. Hopefully, but maybe this is an important person, maybe not, but who knows? I think to me the most important obviously is the formation of the chasm because a lot a lot happens in this particular region or this particular space over like what three years the chasm is always relevant even in while we're in Sumeru like even right now like last patch but yeah doing your ruins is also something that the adepti don't really like talking about which is interesting because none of the refugees or adepti have spoken about what happened there so maybe they're gonna bring that up later 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 but I think they just focus their attention on the chasm for all of it because it was kind of on the outskirts of like what they're gonna try try to protect you know that 60 mile thing like hold the hold the line here you know maybe that was just the outskirts of it but yeah oh speaking of which um the vision holders in inazuma uh josh would you like us would you like to take us into a brief little history recap of the cataclysm in inazuma okay so let's do this inazuma the cataclysm 500 <laughs> Inazuma, the Cataclysm, 500 years ago. Takamine, the Mist Splitter, and Mikoshichio are among those who campaigned alongside A, acting as the Raiden Shogun, against the dark forces that emerged during the Cataclysm. Takamine is eventually overwhelmed by the monsters and disappears, despite his determination to return to Asase Kibiki's side. Chio is swallowed by a beast of sin with a tiger's body and a snake's head. Though she manages to tear the beast apart from the inside out, she is stained by its deep sin. Question mark years ago, Chiyo turns her blade on A only to, be only to be defeated and driven away. This betrayal tarnishes the Mikoshi clan's reputation. Over time, the tale of Chiyo the Tiger Bite would evolve into that of Torachio, a male lieutenant of Baals. Question mark years ago, the Kitsune Saigu is consumed by the dark forces and most of her memories are dissolved into filth, the uncorrupted remains of her memories eventually manifest as Hanachiru Sato. 
who is now a TCG card. <laughs> During Kainria's destruction, Makoto leaves A behind to defend Inazuma, and Makoto alone goes to Kainria, where she is slain. When A arrives to Kainria, she finds Makoto dying in her arms. She enters Makoto's mind and hears Makoto's last words. A decides to save Makoto's realm of consciousness and bring it back to Inazuma. When A returns to Inazuma, she finds that the she finds that the sacred Sakura miraculously appears at the top of Mount Yogo, although according to everyone else, the sacred Sakura has existed for ages. A eventually accepts that the tree is the result of the miracle surrounding Makoto's consciousness. The sacred Sakura's power helps A to overcome the monsters and quell the disaster in Inazuma. Okay, so... Basically, we heard a lot of this stuff through World Quest in Inazuma. Right? So what 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 stood out to you, Kahi? I had no idea A went to Kairia. Yeah. I thought there... A was like always in Inazuma. I thought there was I a picture. Maybe it was a fan art, but it was a picture of uh, A holding Makoto in mm -hmm. her arms dying. Well that was an official video, I'm pretty sure. Oh, so there you go. Yeah. That was like the official cutscene where it was like two D hand drawn, you know. Right, the one that shows her friends, right? Um Oh yeah yeah. I didn't know that was Kairia. I thought that was because my whole the, my whole like view of A is that she likes she loves Inazuma she wants to preserve it she wants to like guard it and keep it preserved for all eternity so she's like only there because um, even to this day A has never set foot outside of the her country only since she took over from Makoto yeah yeah and, and that's why she feels last right patch. like why she wants to protect it mm -hmm. is because she wants right. to honor Makoto's memory right and this last patch is the only time people are actually able to go outside of Inazuma so that's why we have Yoimiya's story where she's going all over the place all the way to Sumeru Ugh. um hmm yeah so A visited um Kainria and who the other one? Kitsune Saigu. So Kitsune Saigu is consumed by the dark forces. That was her friend, right? The white hair? Right. Okay, so that was her. And so her, most of her memories are dissolved into filth. The uncorrupted remains of her memories manifest as Hanachiro Sato. And you said Hanachiro Sato was a card now? Yeah. Is that new? Yeah, in this last patch. Hold on. Oh, so it is one of the new cards. Yeah. Okay. But she was, oh, part of, she was part of the oh, sacred yeah, Sakura cleansing now. ritual quest where we had to open yeah, up the bottom now. part okay. of the Sakura tree and cleanse mm -hmm. it. Yeah. Okay, now I remember her. Okay. Interesting. All right, all right. So that was technically her, but technically not her. She was like a remnant of her. Nice. Okay. What's the big takeaway for you? What's the biggest detail from the Inazuma Cataclysm? Well, the biggest thing for me is uh, Mikoshi Chio, who was also another uh, of A's friends, um, becoming more or less corrupted and uh, turning her blade on A. And I think this is probably one of the more sad stories, because to have to fight your once friend, once close friend, uh, is always tragic. So really curious to find out if we learn more about the tale of the Chio the chi of Chio the tiger bite you know yeah, if I'm not mistaken was there a mention of that one during like the the little island with all the cats and the cat shrine Neko 
Was she mentioned that? Was she mentioned in that particular questline? Do you remember that? Uh, I don't remember for the sure. The cat, the cat, little I mean, cat of train. course I remember the cat. I'm, I don't remember if hmm. this is related to that or not. Because I know, like, they brought up this tiger, Chio the tiger bite, was either during a summer event in Inazuma. Might have been something with the boat. Because I remember this name coming up, but I can't remember exactly where. Um, but I, we'll, the name we'll of probably um, find Mikoshi out somewhere. Chio? No, like the Chio the Tiger Bite. Like the Tiger Bite was like a title that came up through some kind of one. We heard that in some kind of event. It's either when we're looking into the history of the of the boat in, from yeah from the boat event during the archipelago or the Neko quest line in that little shrine island. Well, I'm not too sure, but yeah, I could the, probably look it the, up later. The, the um the oni mask that is used as ascension material is called mask of the tiger spite. Wait, tiger spite or tiger's bite? Tiger's bite. Oh, okay, because tiger spite's something else too. Okay. Yeah. So and what's uh, that I one think from? the story comes from the story of the ascension materials. Oh, but this is that for a specific person's ascension material, or is that? Like a gem or something. Uh, it's for weapons. Um, for a weapon. Okay. Yeah. Oh, ascension. That ascension. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah, I think that's well, it for Inazuma. For Inazuma, uh, going into the most recent place that is still ongoing, still kind of wrapping up the story of Sumeru. Um, definitely a lot happened in Sumeru, but uh, specifically about the cataclysm. Uh, Five hundred years ago. In Sumeru, during the Cataclysm, the previous Dendro Archon, Greater, Luka, Greater Lord Ruka Devada, disappears during the Cataclysm. The king of the forest, Viagara, dies protecting the forest, and his successors today are the Rishbalan Tigers. Now, in the Girdle of the Sands, so, Greater Lord Ruka Devada traveled to Tunigi Hollow, where abyssal monsters were active. The former Hydro Archon's remains formed the Amrita Pool. In order to anchor the former Hydro Archon into the mortal realm, Ruka Devada grew the Harvest Spockum. Harvest Tok. Oh, Harvest Tokum. Harvest Tokum. That's a hard one. Harvest. Harvest Tokum. Uh, Simurg finally awakens from its slumber as destined Simurg drank the Amrita, purifying it from the abyss and sacrificed itself. Simurg's form was shattered into countless Kavarana, the most sentient of which became the Pari. And just a little bit after that, 500 years ago, uh, the current Dendro Archon, Lesser Lord Kusanali, is born, and she inherits the Dendro Gnosis and becomes the first Akasha Terminal. So right around the same time of her disappearance, we have immediately Lesser Lord Kusanali was created. Simurg is the giant so, bird. Uh, which one's the giant bird? Simurg. Which which giant bird? The divine giant bird. Simur There's no picture. It's just a giant bird. Ah, okay. Okay, so we so it, we never saw so it in game. You finished the party quest, right? Yeah. Yeah, so this is the one that um Sarush was always talking about being as 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 um amazing as Simurg and sacrificing themselves for 
a great event. Oh, that's what. Oh, yeah, that's the one that she was talking about. Okay. Yeah. You just never got to see it. I'm thinking like, what? I'm trying to think of all the birds we saw in. Yeah, in we haven't Sword. we haven't seen it. Like you're not talking about the fungus bird, are you? No. Yeah, or the lightning. The bird. fungus bird is something completely different. Or the lightning, the thunderbird. Wait, where is that one? The thunderbird in Surumi Island. The thunderbird. The one that that. Oh, not in, not in Sumeru, but the no, other no, one. No, no, the Simurg, yeah. Simurg, the divine bird. Is in the new area, in Sumeru. Three point six area. Oh, why am I drawing a blank? With the Pari, we don't see this bird. Like... We just don't. They just talk about it. Oh, that's why. So we don't. Okay, we just talk about it. We just don't see it. I guess. I got gotcha. you. Um, so. I'm actually kind of curious why King Deshret wasn't a part of the Cataclysm way back then. Pretty sure, he, wasn't he the one who introduced like the forbidden knowledge into the world? Wasn't that the Cataclysm? Um, because the Cataclysm what? for the rest of the world, the Cataclysm for the rest of the world is when all the abyssal monsters rose from from like the ground up. But then in Sumeru and specifically the desert, what they called the cataclysm was like the introduction of the forbidden knowledge and, you know, destroying the whole city in the desert, right? Yeah, so this part... Because there's an um, apocalypse and a cataclysm. Well, the abyssal monsters different? that were appearing mm -hmm. were appearing in Tunigi Hollow. Right. So right. the new area specifically. Right, but those um, were but where like the invisible monsters were coming from. Okay. Um, but uh, it, I'm trying to... So you I'm, know how, you know how confused in the cataclysm the... it says, Monsters from the Abyss invade the above-ground world of Teyvat, mm -hmm. causing widespread devastation. Right. Well, the monsters from the Abyss invaded Sumeru through the Tanigi Hollow. That big, that big whirlpool that we got rid of, big abyssal whirlpool. Yeah, so yeah. the one that we changed and resolved. Right. But then, I'm trying to figure out if the cataclysm is different from that forbidden knowledge apocalypse. So it sounds like it is different, like just different. Well, remember the events. cataclysm happened in Kynria. The cataclysm mm -hmm. is where all the, that's where all the um, the archons were supposed to go and fight. Okay, so they, right. yeah, in my mind, I was trying to, thinking it was like a worldwide cataclysm that affected everything, but it affected specifically Kyanria, and we see the ripple effects here and there. Mm. Okay, so King Deshret's one is, is different. It's like an isolated event, but yes. not directly related to the cataclysm. Okay. Wow, in some, at some point in my head, like, I was thinking this one event happened, and everything got affected, and everything was like, well, that, through the that same was, thing. Well, that was but, the curse, the Kyanrian curse. Like that, that destruction of Kynria was what happened, mm -hmm. and it, that technically affected everybody. Right, it, it did, but like the what the forbidden knowledge entering and flowing into the desert region was not the thing that happened to Kynria. Right. Right. Oh. Okay. So maybe I thought should, they were the same thing. Maybe we should have read. Kahi, I'm looking at the cataclysm in Teyvat mm -hmm. under the cataclysm thing, and it actually explains yeah. what is happening. It doesn't just give bullet notes. It says, Sumeru was apparently affected by the cataclysm later than other countries such as Bonsat, and it occurred simultaneously with the contamination of Ermensoul by the forbidden knowledge. So they happened simultaneously. Oh, so it was. <laughs> yeah. Okay, they did. Okay, the cataclysm wasn't just the monsters rising. The cataclysm was 
literally linked to forbidden knowledge. They, it just happened in different time periods. Right. Or like the effect didn't happen until later. So Sumeru was not getting affected at the same time as Monster, Liyue, or Inazuma. Okay, so I'm going to go back to my normal voice. Thank you very much. <laughs> um, so uh, let's recap real quick the Cataclysm in Teyvat. So we read a couple of the sections from the wiki pages, but I'm going to read the a little bit more cohesive uh, summary from the Cataclysm wiki page itself. So, in Mondstadt, after monsters began emerging from Kynria, the Knights of Favonius, led by Grandmaster Arundelin and, and his anticipated successor, Rostam, went on an expedition to Kynria to fight the monsters. Rostam died during the expedition, leaving Arundel and Rosalind Lohefalter, who were studying at Sumeru Academia when he died, greatly bereaved. Arundelin gave up fighting and retired from the Knights of Favonius out of grief while Rosalind used her knowledge to transform her body into that of Living Flame and enact her vengeance against the monsters, becoming known as the Crimson Witch of Flames. Meanwhile, Mondstadt was attacked by a corrupt Durin who was created and sent to Teyvat by, Rond by Rhyndaughter. As Arundelin had given up fighting after Rostam's death, there was no Lionfang knight to lead in battle and no one strong enough to take on Durin. The people of Mondstadt cried out for help and were heard by the Animo Archon who called upon Dvalin to fight Durin. Dvalin defeated the larger dragon, but ingested Durin's poisonous blood in the process. Dvalin went to Old Mondstadt to recover, while Durin fell down on Dragonspine, whose extreme unnatural cold allowed the power inside Durin to seep into the land of Dragonspine. Even today, Durin's heart in Wormrest Valley appears to still beat. So that's Mondstadt. So, Liyue. In Liyue, the Chasm and Dunyu Ruins are two known locations majorly impacted by the Cataclysm. Monsters poured out of the Chasm, and in response, Morak sent the Millilith to fight to defend, to defend and evacuate the miners. The Yaksha Bosatius, who once abandoned his duty to defend Liyue after going mad from Karma, was drawn to the bloodshed and fought alongside the Millilith. Bosatius, the exorcist Boyang, and some of the Millilith who chose to lead the vanguard ultimately perished in the Chasm after luring the monsters into a mysterious underground palace with the power to negate the power of the Abyss, and using the Fantastic Compass to seal them in the Chasm's bed. Liyue eventually won the battle, but at the cost of many lives. What occurred in Dunyu's ruins is unknown, but its people decided to abandon the city and move to Liyue Harbor. None of the refugees nor Adepti have spoken about what had happened there. Now Inazuma. Shortly before the Abyss invaded Teyvat, the Kitsune Urukasai, wait, the Kitsune Urakusai apparently did something linked to it which greatly angered the Kitsune Saigu and led to his banishment. The Kitsune Saigu, aware of the impending threat, moved from the Grand Narukami Shrine to Tenshukaku to stay close to the Electro Archon, then, then Makoto. Makoto was also aware that something was going to happen in Kainria, saying it was not somewhere that any Archon could afford to ignore, after A asked her about it long after her death. When the Abyss attacked, Makoto and her close allies A, Mikoshichio, the Kitsune Saigu, Reizenbo, and Takamine the Mist Splitter fought back the otherworldly threat but eventually perished or disappeared. Chio was consumed by a beast of sin and while she slew the monster from within, was corrupted. She turned it against she turned against A and fought her, which ended after A cut her thorns, cut her horns and sword arm off and forced her to flee. The Kitsune Saigu disappeared and was consumed by the Abyss for reasons that are unclear, but likely related to the Thunder Sakuras, which were nearly overwhelmed trying to purify the land during the Cataclysm. Reizenbo, enraged by her inability to protect the Kitsune Saigu, left on a self-imposed exile. Takamine disappeared in a battle against the Dark Forces, only to be killed by his former lover Asase Hibiki when he finally resurfaced many years later. 
Makoto was slain in battle in what is suggested to be Kainria, dying in her sister's arms. And Sumeru. Sumeru was apparently affected by the cataclysm later than the other countries such as Mondstadt, and it occurred simultaneously with the contamination of Irminsul by the Forbidden Knowledge. It's not known if the two events are connected, however, the Denjo Archon, Greater Lord Rukadavada, was slain during the cataclysm, which caused Viridescent to no longer be able to hear the grass and trees speak. Old Varanara was one of the places attacked in Sumeru by hordes of ruin machines and rift wolves. While the Aranara fought fiercely against the invaders, presumably with some humans, the land itself was heavily scarred from the fighting. A strange entity known as Murana's Avatar quickly formed at some point during or after the battle. While the Aranara managed to seal it away, it eventually managed to bypass the seal and began to spread an anomaly later known as the Withering across Sumeru's forests. In the Girdle of Sands, monsters also emerged from the abyss to attack the area, with the Pari and Nagarjunites working together to repel the threat. Several monsters were also encased in a strange grey crystal that resulted from the powers of the abyss, leaving them in a state of torpor for the next few centuries. The Pari struggled to keep the abyssal power from overwhelming the rest of Teyvat with a great tree used to repel it. Without anyone to maintain it, however, the tree was on the verge of degrading completely to the abyss until the traveler and a Pari named Sarush discovered the remaining great songs of Kavarina to purify the crystallized trees at Tunigi Hollow. So, and then, <clears throat> so in the end, the cataclysm in Kainria. The clash between Celestia and the Seven versus Kainria ended with a god's victory. As punishment for losing, the Eclipse Dynasty was wiped out. Dainsleth, a knight of the royal family, as well as all those pure-blood Kainrians were cursed with immortality, while citizens of Kainria, who were half-blood or belonging to other nations, entirely were instead afflicted with a curse that transformed them into monsters and hillichurls. Some people appear to have avoided the curse, such as Kaya, an ostensibly Rhine daughter, but their exact circumstances are unknown. Kaya's circumstances are of particular note because of several of his ancestors, Clothar and Caribert, were afflicted with the curse, perhaps suggesting that it was broken at some point, allowing the remainder of Kaya's lineage to escape its effects. Some, like Dainsleff, have some unknown means of retaining their sanity, although it merely mitigates the effects of their curses. During the disaster, Dainsleff orders Halfdan, an elite of the royal guards, to protect the people of Kainria at all costs. However, Halfdan and the other royal guards end up transforming into shadowy husks. Despite this, Halfdan was able to retain part of his consciousness despite lacking whatever Dainsleff uses to mitigate his own curse. Paimon also concludes from the account given by the Traveler's sibling that the monsters of the Abyss Order were originally the people of Kainria, which appears to be supported by the Pyro Abyss Lecter Enjo's search for Before Sun and Moon, mirroring the Kainria delegation's search from at least 2,000 years ago. As a result of the curse, Dainsleff no longer views Hillichurls or Abyss monsters as human. It is still unclear what the suggested link between the Hillichurls' Eclipse Tribe and Kainria's Eclipse Destiny means. After the traveling twins arrived in Teyvat, Te Traveler's sibling awoke first and eventually bore witness to Kainria's destruction. After the Cataclysm, they journeyed through the Seven Nations of Teyvat alongside Dainsleff. Okay. So there's a lot that happened, but not all simultaneously, so that's an interesting fact. So when the Cataclysm happened, the effects trickled down through the nations, so Sumeru being the one that was affected later. Um, not necessarily Mondstadt was affected first, but apparently Mondstadt, Leiwe, Inazuma kind of shared the same effects around the same time, but had different effects, of course. So Mondstadt had the introduction of Durin, um, and that's when Signora, or her original name Rosalyn, went on a rampage and became, you know, the Witch of Crimson Witch of Flames. 
Liyue, you had the Chasm Formation and Doing Your Ruins. Um, Inazuma, you had the Kitsune Urakasai and Mikoto's Death and the Mist Splitter, all of them forming the group to fight against uh, or to, to go to Kainria. And what was the last one? Saigu? Okay. Kitsune Saigu? There's a th yeah, Kitsune Saigu. I was like, well, something happened to Kitsune Saigu that was interesting. Where was it? Uh, the Kitsune Saigu disappeared and was consumed, in quotation marks, by the Abyss for reasons that are unclear but likely related to the Thunder Sakuras, which were nearly overwhelmed trying to purify the land during the Cataclysm. Oh, Reizenbo, enraged by her inability to protect the Kitsune Saigu, left on a self-imposed exile. So that's the last we knew of Reizenbo. Mm -hmm. um, Takamine disappeared in a battle against the Dark Forces, only to be killed by his former lover, Asahi, Osase Hibiki, when he finally resurfaced many years later. So, yep. Takamine is dead. Uh, Saigu is dead. Raisinbo could be the only one that's still alive. Unless he's... Was, oh, wait, no, Raisinbo is mortal. Is right? <clears throat> Raisinbo was the only one that didn't have an actual death. Just self-imposed exile. Just oh, left. right, right. Mm -hmm. And Makoto was slain. So, yeah. so Inazuma, you had the, the group forming to kind of like fight against the Cataclysm, and then Sumeru was, of course, the Airman Soul and the Vanar Vanarana and the Pari and the old Hydro Archon just getting tethered to that pool, and that's where you had the Abyss monsters coming out from that vortex. Okay, so this is what happened during the Cataclysm in all the nations. So each nation was affected differently, but the stem, the root of this whole if, you know, series of events was this cataclysm. Um, and this, this is only like 500 years ago, so obviously there was a lot more stuff that happened, you know, 2,000 years ago, because, you know, Zhongli is like, what, 6,000 years old? Mm -hmm. But then the Archon War, the Archon War itself was 2,000 years ago, and yep. the cataclysm was 500 years ago. Oof. Alright, so just getting our history flushed out into the open, just getting our reminders. That's why I kind of like these lore learn alongs. It's good reminders of what's actually happening, what happened, what's going on, what to look forward to, or why things are happening now as they are. Yeah, and um, so I think that leads to, we don't have answers for our last community question, but that leads to our next community question, which will be answered in the next episode. So Kahi, could you give us that next community question? So the next community question is... What's your favorite historical event in Teyvat? It doesn't have to be related to a cataclysm or anything bad or terrible or related to death, but just what's something fun or what's something interesting that you think that happened throughout Teyvat's history? Let us know and we'll read it next time. And if you want to let us know the answer to your question, feel free to join our Discord, which the link is in the description, um, or tweet at us with this episode tweet, um, replying to this episode tweet, or comment on spotify and we will hopefully see it before the next episode and then we'll be able to answer your questions so thank you everybody for participating today um now we're going to close the episode with our last wish segment so kahi would you like to wish all right my wishes are up okay what will you be wishing for you know i kind of want kiara but you know, since Yoimiya is right there, and I don't have any, really have Yoimiya. Yoimiya, best girl. I might as... I know. You know what? 
Just because. I'm gonna roll I hope you get her. once on her banner. Alright, here we go. It's blue. No. no. Are there any blue characters? No? Ah, oh, okay. Thrilling Tales of Dragon Slayers. Blue characters. Alright, so I am going to roll on... Uh, I'm going to roll on Yoimiya's banner. Even though I, of course, have Yoimiya, and I probably wouldn't even use her constellation, I just want to, like, roll and see how it goes. And I'll try to get Kirarara. Kirarara. <laughs> Kirarara Gisan. <laughs> I just I just suddenly <clears throat> heard of Duarara. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Kirarara. Okay. So, ready? And go! Kirara, 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 Kirara. Oh, it's blue. And... It's the black tassel. Ew. Okay. So that's it. Black tassel it is. So that wraps up the show for today. Anyways, thanks for listening. And if you have time, please leave us a comment and a review. We'd really appreciate it. Don't forget to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you're listening. Now follow us on Twitter once again at Genshin Guys Pod. Follow me at JSide Gaming. Kahi at Kahiao, K-A-H-I-Y-A-O. And also me on Twitch at twitch.tv slash jside. Don't forget to join the Discord. The link is in the description. And as always, at Astra Abyssos. Hoshito shire o Enjoy. Enjoy.